When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Chadwick Stokes of the band Dispatch performs live at Ram's Head in Annapolis, Maryland on Wednesday. He joined me to break down his Dispatch songs from Out Loud to The General, as well as his other projects like State Radio and even his plans for a new rock opera. Hey, Chadwick Stokes, hey, thank you so much for joining us on WTOP in DC. Hey, my pleasure. Good to be here. Now we're talking because you are coming to Ram's Head, Annapolis on March 8th. Uh, you know, a lot of our listeners will, will know your stuff from from Dispatch and, and you know, State Radio and other things. Um, but we're billing this one as Chadwick Stokes and the Pintos, which I know is like a solo name of your album. So I guess my main question is, is this Ram's Head, Annapolis show, is there going to be any Dispatch or is it mostly solo stuff or a little of both? Well, um, it's going to be, yeah, there's... I was there's usually a couple a couple state radio tunes, a couple dispatch tunes, and then the rest are from the solo repertoire. Um I'm I've just started working on a rock opera. So uh I'm uh we may play a chunk of like three new songs in a row because they're kind of telling a story. All right, you got to tell me about this rock opera. What do, is there a name for it yet? Is there a storyline well, for it yet, or I mean, just kind of trying it out for it? Yeah, now? there's a storyline. I this is the first time ever like really talking about it to anyone else except my family or uh, and my bandmates. But um, you can break some news with us. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news. Uh, <laughs> I've been I've been wanting to do this for like for since I started playing music. Um, so it just there was always other things happening and so i'm just getting to a point where uh i've been able to um call over the songs like the sketches of songs from the from the past few years and try to line them up and see what's see what's happening uh kind of musically and i think the the rock opera is going to be set in the early 70s perhaps okay so so that's one way for me to go back to listen to songs that might particularly have that vibe and now i'm at a stage with some of them where i'm where i just need to know if what part of the story are they furthering sure um, and so it's a lot of uh kind of lyrical jockeying to try to make sure sometimes when you're just writing a song on, unto itself, you can get away with a little, a little cloudiness, <laughs> but um, I'm sure there'll still be plenty of that in this, but it's, it's essentially, you know, my, my brother and I, who's, who plays in the Pintos, we've done a, a uh, some uh, riding of the rails, some, some freight, train jumping and and that's where a lot of this rock opera takes place 
I love it. Wait, so what, what do you mean by freight train jumping? Like, is it actually set along train tracks? Or I'm just trying to pull some out of you, even yeah. though it's not written yet. But <laughs> right, right. It's no, it's set. Uh, it, it's, you know, that that lifestyle kind of attracts a, a fringe and beautiful element of our society and our humanness. And um, it's uh, so it's, you know, it's people it's of, of all ages and kinds coming to like kind of running from something um because uh it's usually if you're out there the conditions are kind of harsh enough and that it's it's not something you choose to do um you know for for a long length of time at least yeah and so uh it it yeah it's these people coming together who are kind of running from their own lives and um you know at first they don't get along but hopefully they do at some point and that kind of thing i i love it i love it i you know I'm, I'm geeking out just talking about the creation of it because i can tell it's still sort of formulating but that's what the exciting part you know what i mean yeah. um well, i hope so that, wait. I, I hope that for these audiences in the next i mean one of the reasons for doing this little tour this week-long thing is to it, it gives me discipline and kind of kicks me in the ass to get these um it gives me a real deadline as opposed to like they get it you know I, I can't get all these songs together but I, maybe i can get these three or these five together and and to try them out in front of people and to see if they because because ultimately they really have to hold they really have to hold together just at just as songs too you know so if like even if the story is is good if the song is shit then it's it's not going to carry it so it's so the song has to, the songs have to have to uh have to be good enough into them unto themselves and so part of this will be playing them in front of an audience for the first time and then you know maybe sometimes it's back to the drawing board and sometimes it's like all right this is working that kind of thing right and you and you mentioned i mean i want to know what are like your rock opera touchstones you mentioned you were going back to listen to like 70s stuff like i think yeah. i don't know jesus christ supers I, I don't know like yes. what what are your rock opera um influences i guess yes my, my i mean the uh i you know the wall and tommy are are big but definitely jesus christ superstar um maybe the most and and hair hair yeah um Jesus Christ Superstar and Hair are, you know, I grew up with as a kid and, uh, you know, before I kind of graduated to The Who and Pink Floyd. Yeah. And so they have a special place in my heart. They're also very different in that Jesus Christ Superstar, it tells an ancient story that people kind of know, so they don't have to, to really lay it out. But but that story does, that lyrically, it t does tell the story from start to finish without any real dialogue. Right. Whereas Hair is more like these vignettes. Sure. And, you know, kind of loosely, a loose thread throughout it. So will yours be more of a, a loose thread, you know, vignette, vignettes, or are you still figuring it out? Will this be sung to, through the whole way? Yeah, I'd try to have it sung through the whole way. So it was like a more of a proper opera, but right. I'm there may be holes that I have to fill <laughs> in somehow. So, but I, I like the idea of like no speaking, just like just the whole thing's music. Sure. I love it. Thank you so much for telling us what's the buzz. Tell me what's happening. What's the buzz. All right. Anyway, it's the best I got. Hey, I didn't know we were going to be talking about any of this. So there is a show coming to Annapolis, apparently. But <laughs> what in addition to these rock opera, um, you know, teaser songs that you're that you're working out, what are can you draw and don't spoil the whole set list, obviously. But, you know, is there what what dispatch songs or state radio songs might we hear? You know, can tease tease a song or two that we might hear. Yeah. Um, 
We usually play Calling All Crows, which is a a state radio song. Um, Keepsake 2 is kind of of an acoustic-y state radio song. And then Dispatch might be something like... You know, it's it's kind of fun because my brother plays the banjo, so it's fun to play songs like Flying Horses or something with the banjo um, because it kind of lends itself to that. But there's also a song off the relatively new Dispatch record called Born on Earth, which which carries over really nicely to the Pintos um, and uh, maybe Letter to Lady J thrown in there. All right, that gives us a sense. That's that's a good enough of a teaser. You got to come out to the dang show if you want to hear what what everything is going to be. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, I, whenever I have someone like yourself on, I always love to hear sort of, um, you know, your your sort of how you got into it to begin with. And you kind of mentioned the rock opera stuff as a kid, but what about like you know non rock opera? Like, what music music did you were you into? I guess you were born in Massachusetts in '76, but like, yeah, like what all did you sort of to grow up listening to? You know, music wise uh a lot of credence ccr baby yeah uh and then um a lot of credence and beatles and and dylan kind of that classic classic upbringing and hendrix and then when i was in high school that it was kind of incredible timing for for nirvana and alice in chains and um and rage against the machine. So it's like it was, it was a beautiful uh, age to be to witness kind of this 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 new feeling. Uh, you know, it was like I don't think I think we I think we because I grew up on a in a on a small farm in a very small town, and so I don't think we could we didn't connect so much. And I was so young in the eighties that uh, the things we connected to were kind of music before us. And then to be a sophomore in high school and for have everything to land, yeah. you know, right with us with with Nirvana and Pearl Jam and um, that was uh, that was something else, you know, Blind Melon, Soundgarden. It was just a it was a just an amazing time to be to to feel like we had a music music of our own. And I also played the trombone all through as a kid, so also lean towards like the reggae sounds of the horns and the and reggae and ska. And so I kind of had that and Boston was a nice, good ska scene. So there was, there was an element to that as well. Kind of perfect timing. Like you're saying, because when you were doing, when you were young and, you know, figuring out everything as a kid, you know, your early exposure, you got the CCRs and all of that stuff. Um, but then you came of age, right. As music was changing with Nirvana yeah. and the grunt and, Soundgarden. Yeah. So it's kind of lucky you. You were good timing right. on that. Um, <laughs> was there ever any Simon and Garfunkel back there too? Yes. Some, of your, some of your songs have a little echoes of that. I think. Absolutely. You know, we were actually when I remember being a kid and not know and putting it together that Paul Simon was the same guy as <laughs> Garfunkel. Oh, that's him. <laughs> yeah. I go, you know, because it's funny as a kid and even as like as listeners, sometimes we don't we don't uh, put it all together. But um we yeah yeah uh, live at central park the first time they did that that was a huge record in our house and we live with our aunt and uncle too and our parents but but my aunt and uncle were younger than my parents so they really caught like the hippie generation perfectly so the all the music was down in the cottage uh on the farm and so like that's where we first listened to the who records and 
that's where there was a Simon Garfunkel was huge there. And then uh, I guess in the 80s when Graceland came out, that really um, that was a, such an incredible record. And I think had had lasting effects. I love it. I love it. All right. So how does dispatch form off the tail of that? I guess what's well, like mid 90s, 96. So you you're just, you said in your what, sophomore year of high school, you're starting to discover all these cool, you know, edgy bands. So then how does dispatch come together? Um, and you probably told the story millions of times. So but the a condensed version of how you guys formed. Yeah, it kind of makes sense because I I joined Pete's band as a trombone, like with my trombone. And then I said, uh, you know, I write some, I play guitar and write songs too. And that's cool. And we started doing it together. We called ourselves Hermit Thrush, um, which is the- <laughs> Hermit first, Thrush? Yeah, which is a great, maybe the greatest band name I've ever been a part of. Uh, <laughs> Not Herman's Hermit. Hermit's right, right. Hermit, Hermit Thrush. It's the state bird of Vermont. Okay. And, uh, Pete came up with that name and I loved it. And it was Pete and I as kind of the front men and then, and, and, and a, and a band- rounding us out and it was great and then pete had a side thing with brad uh where they did did more acoustic things and then so so the everything kind of collided and and then pete brad and i switched over to uh we kind of we kind of electrified the pete and brad thing and added me to it and so so there became the trio and, uh, and that was yeah. silent steeples the, ver the first one then i guess yeah it was largely acoustic and the longer we played together, the more electric we got because we were kind of learning. Um, we were, we were kind of like Brad was essentially learning to play the drums, yeah. you know? So that first record is very, you know, kind of sparse with him on the drums and then it kind of carries on from there. Absolutely. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAP Podcast com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Well, real quick, I, I have to ask you about that second album, Bang Bang in 97. I love that. My wife is a huge fan of that too, by the way. Shout out from the wife. Big fan of Dispatch. Um... Tell me about the general. Um, everyone knows that that line, take a shower and shine your shoes. But talk, tell me about sort of more the um the meaning behind that. You know, I've seen the others and I have discovered this fight's not worth fighting. I mean, you've gone into some political stuff and the few the stuff you've done since, but um, yeah, just kind of talk about, you know, what were you going for with that song? Sort of what like an anti-war message of we're yeah. all together kind of a thing. Yeah, I just I, you know, I I was always like many, you know, kind of fascinated by war and this idea of the draft and and these young men and women going to do the bidding of some some person's decision who is like in in their safe mansion or <laughs> white who, is not, who does not have to fight and most of the times aren't even sending their kids to fight right right so so 
Um, but I always so I think it's always about humanizing war and not uh, how how absurd it is to be shooting it or trying to kill someone you don't know and don't met is just doing the same thing you're doing, just following orders, you know, yeah. for country or whatever. You know, it's um, I think uh, ideologically, you know, World War Two and and um there were some it's 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 easy some wars are easier to uh try to avoid than others right um, but uh but in general uh no pun intended <laughs> uh you know the idea that you know war is just pain and suffering and it, it's a it's it's too often a, not the last resort and so I think it's just, you know, it just seemed to me and many others and other pacifists, you know, that if we just understood each other more, could walk, walk uh, in other people's shoes, that we would, we would realize that, oh, oh, this is, this is why you thought that, or this, you know, and it's all about communication and that kind of thing. And this, um, you know, on, on the other, you know, one side, you have diplomacy and kind of trying to listen and on the other side, you have just total carnage and um, centuries of of animosity and revenge, and you know it's just like it's just. So I think I think that's where that comes from. Just just trying to be like, um, if if that the general in his dream could could he could see the people he was fighting and he could see their mothers, you know, and there and therein lies you know hopeful understanding. Absolutely. Yeah, there is there is really no there, the other the idea there's there really is no other. And once we realize that, I mean, you said it perfectly. I, I have nothing really to add. But, you know, war is mankind's worst addiction. I've been thinking about that a lot. That new um, All Quiet on the Western Front remake. Um, yeah. Similar themes. Um, yeah. Anyway. I, oh, and then but also something completely different on that album. Tell me real quick about recording out loud. If you call my name out loud, that's like something completely different. But um, it's so beautiful. Who came up with that? Where were you when you wrote that? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was in Zimbabwe when I wrote it, actually. And right after high school, um, I took a gap year. And I was uh, thinking about a girl, a girl I had a crush on, how, you know, many miles, thousands of miles away. And had a lot of time in Zimbabwe, too, to kind of wander around with my guitar and play and write a lot. And uh that song just came out of that that time, and I think in recording it, we we uh, we recorded it at we Brad had a senior concert at Middlebury, so a few years later, like two years later, he was graduating, and I was a freshman or first or first year soft first bit of sophomore year, and Brad asked Pete and I to be part of his senior. I don't know thesis or senior <laughs> senior thing and so yeah. and so we played that song and we recorded it and that's that's been the that's been that was what we just threw on bang bang so it's a there's a live feel to it i suppose but we and we play it so differently if you listen to live records you know we play it fully electric and much more in a reggae vein I love it. Well, I mean, it's a beautiful song and, and we'd be here all day if we talked about all your albums. So I won't I won't subject you to that. Don't <laughs> but um 
I do want to know if we if we can fast forward to one more album, America Location 12. I love that one. Only the Wild One, Skin the Rabbit, Paint the Yellow Lines. It's a great album. Um, how did that come together? But actually, first of all, what is the Location 12? I've always wondered. America Location 12. That was a <laughs> uh, we, we were recording that up in uh, Stinson Beach. So just north of San Francisco. And there was a like missile missile silo that uh we discovered or you know people know about them you can it's not that hard to find but really like almost as if the whole thing there was these giant missiles and then they covered them with dirt you know but it's right on the water and um uh yeah there's these you know these hills that you know you think they're regular hills but then you see a big iron door yeah and then you you can kind of walk in some of them yeah Yeah. um and and on the on the uh inside of one of those was written location 12 Mm. um so that's where that whole thing got started and and that whole album was like kind of like our our for brad pete and i was like kind of our comeback you know we we hadn't recorded a record in a while and right, there was like a break right before that right like a hiatus kind of yeah and and then we decided to come back together and then we all went our separate ways to kind of work and write and and my aunt and uncle had moved out of the cottage that we spoke of earlier and moved up to vermont and so i spent most of my many days in that cottage recording and and writing that record um and so that and then and that ended in eventually recording it out in stinson beach awesome thanks for those tidbits wow the the missile silo we keep coming back there's a theme here through yeah. <laughs> all this war uh fighting against war i guess yeah um well you've done a lot of your um you know before we run we have to hit state radio i know you've done that's sort of i guess a lot of some of the more political songwriting and stuff too and you mentioned being influenced by rage when you were growing up and now you've oped toward with them and i know dave matthews and other stuff with state radio but um how rewarding is it to have that sort of outlet to not only do the dispatch stuff not only do the solo stuff but state radio do you view that as like when i'm gonna do a political record i'm gonna do it with them now or do you not i guess you don't even really yeah like that yeah no i I mean, there is, they definitely have those thoughts when there's like, a big election year coming up or yeah. just the shit was so crazy with Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's such a buffoon. So it's like, uh, what, what can we do? And then I, so I definitely lean, I'm like, okay, enough of this, enough of this other stuff. Like, let's get to it. It's state radio time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of feel that way. But I also listen to like the songs and stuff and, and you know do i have a batch of songs for a new state radio record you know and that's that's when i have to be like well i can either do that or the rock opera you know so it's there is a a bit of juggling going on but but it's also like what the what the songs are telling me absolutely and you said that of the state radio songs you might be playing calling all crows you said that might be the one yeah i mean the other day i played i did a show a solo show which gives me a little bit more freedom and i played Camilo and Mr. Larkin, um, some songs that that don't see the light of day as much. So those are kind of there's some stuff in the wings, I guess, if we feel like if we feel like we need them. <laughs> awesome. Well, you can hear all of these songs and more um, at at the Rams Head in Annapolis on March 8th. I mean, you've been so generous with your time. Thank you so much. And um I'm I'm really excited to see that rock opera now. Do we is there is there a title for it yet? Or is there a working title or no? No, <laughs> not yet. I I mean I had I toyed with the idea of of 
of some like American refugee or something like that, like right. like kind of a re- refugee from this country. Ah, okay. To you. There's something to that. I like that. Keep going down that train track. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Hey, thank you so much for for doing this. I really, I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. Nice to see it. All right. Be well. You too. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.